For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, This is our Friday show. We've been talking to Dr. John Kwasney all this week. Again, John, thanks for taking the time out. It's been great getting to catch up with you, and um, appreciate all that you shared. Um, so, John, uh, something that we ask oftentimes is a question about books. Uh, we believe that we need to be lifelong students, um, that uh, there's so much significance to the written word, and um, we need to be in good books. So, um, with that being said, what are some classic books uh, that have influenced your model of teaching? Well, John, you know, I, when you gave me this question to think about, it, it's a tough one. I, I'm a book guy. Uh, I, I grew up as a book nerd. Uh, I'd rather have a stack of books my, by my bed uh, than uh, anything else just to read. I was re- always reading four or five books at a time. So I've read a lot of books. Of course, you go through school and seminary and graduate school, and you're required to read a lot of books. And so it, 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 thinking back at what has shaped uh, my love for teaching, uh, my view of teaching, my model of teaching. Uh, uh, it's kind of a short list, but I'll kind of try to describe through some of the first, the first book, um, uh, or first set of books, I guess, uh, was by a man named uh, Howard Hendricks. And Howard Hendricks might not be as familiar to people today. Uh, he was uh, kind of the Christian education guru in the 70s, in the 1970s. I know some of you weren't around then. But in the 1970s, uh, he was the guy. And he, he, uh, he had books like uh, The Seven Laws of the Teacher, The Seven Laws of the Learner. He came out of Dallas Seminary. And at the time, Dallas Theological Seminary was the place for Christian, uh, Christian education and discipleship ministry in kind of the broadly evangelical world. There wasn't a whole lot uh, elsewhere. And so uh, his books, uh, another gentleman named Kenneth Gangell uh, also wrote with him and alongside him, Jim Wilhoyt. There's several of these guys that came out of that era that, again, just were very practical, but also uh, were inspirational in their teaching because of their passion as teachers. But they also knew, you know, it was about the Holy Spirit transforming people and changing people. It was about the Word of God transforming people. It wasn't just you. So you, you learn a lot of practical things about how to be a better teacher, but it was always grounded in the power of the Word and the power of the Spirit in the life of people and how that had to change and be the change. You weren't the change agent. They were. Uh, and so that, that allowed me back in those years and those decades to kind of develop uh, my model of teaching uh, in the early days. Yeah, and didn't it, wasn't it Hendrix that wrote "Living by the Book"? Uh, yes, later he, later in life, and he yes. wrote that with his son. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's just that's an excellent book, uh, "Living by the Book," mm-hmm. um, by Hen- Howard Hendrix, uh-huh. and I can't remember his son's name, but yes. Um, anyway, I've used that with students on just teaching them how to read and to study the Bible. So that's just a good resource out there. Uh, and I was then I was kind of fo- fast forwarding when uh, you know I went I started teaching out at uh, Reform Seminary in Jackson. Uh, I, I came across in my first year uh, a book by Norman Harper uh, called Making Disciples, 
a very simple title, uh, but Norman Harper, as I started, uh, as I picked it up actually as a used book in the RTS bookstore, I came to learn uh, that Norman Harper was the first uh, Christian education professor at RTS Jackson when RTS Jackson, well, within a few years of RTS Jackson being founded. And he was the guy uh, there and in the broader uh, Presbyterian PCA circles that really had the biggest impact on coming from a, a reform perspective, a covenantal view. Uh, his book to me still is, is a classic, even though when you read it, it might feel dated since it was, writ- it was written in the 80s. Uh, but really shaped, uh, again, this idea just from the title itself that Christian education should not be just a, a cognitive exercise, just not be about instruction and learning, but it's simply said it's about making disciples of Jesus. And when you understand Christian education is discipleship, uh, you, it changes uh, everything. And so he was very strong on uh, developing a Christian worldview, uh, again, some very practical things about teaching children, youth, and adults, uh, a very helpful resource. It's hard to find, but if you find uh, Making Disciples by Norman Harper, it's worth a read. Uh, I started thinking differently too, John, as you asked me that question, in different ways about what shapes my model. You know, sometimes, and maybe uh, you've experienced this, sometimes the, the, the what shapes you the most of the way you teach <clears throat> is the sort of uh, just books in general you read. They might not be teaching you how to teach, but in their very style, they're teaching, you, you, you kind of adopt their kind of teaching. And there was a couple men, familiar men, that did that to me uh, and for me back uh, in, the, in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, first one, you might have heard of him, a man named John Piper. Uh, John Piper, uh, very early on, uh, of course, wrote uh, Desiring God, the first book I ever had by John Piper. I think he wrote a book before that or two. But at that time, he was professor as well as pastor. Uh, and when I picked up Desiring God, not only fell in love with the content, but I fell in love with the style of Piper, of how he thinks. Uh, what I remember so clearly in reading it the first time uh, is that every time he made a point uh, and it raised a question in my mind, I thought I had him. I'm like, well, you need to explain this a little more. And then I turn the page and explain it. It's like every time I had a question, he answered it. So it was like he was teaching through that book. And if and again, for those who are well-read in Piper, every one of his books is like this, to me at least. It, it It's a teaching book. It teaches you. It doesn't just... It, uh, give inst- uh, you know uh, stories and illustrations, or make his own points. It's it's organized. It's thought through. He builds argument upon argument. As passionate as he is in person, and through his comes through his books. He's also very organized, very practical, very uh, planned out in his arguments and his logic. So to me, his logic and his teaching uh, comes out so much in his book that he inspired me, taught me. Uh, to be a teacher, uh, probably as better as much as anybody. So I guess just side note there, would that be your favorite Piper book, or is there another one that you would put above that one? Oh, that's hard. There's so many. Uh, no, I, I probably because it was my first, uh, because it was so foundational to my thinking and the way I thought. I, I I'd probably have to put it at the top of the list. Uh, and this next one is right alongside of that. Uh, again, a guy you might have heard of before, R.C. Sproul. <laughs> R.C. Sproul was the first Reformed guy I ever read. Uh, I grew up in 
in the Reformed Church, uh, the Dutch Reformed Church in the, in the south side of Chicago, uh, but did, never read much Reformed stuff. And it, quite honestly, when I was young, there wasn't a lot of Reformed material in very practical man on the pew, woman on the pew sort of material until R.C. came along. Everything was very heady, very uh, you know textbooky. So I was given, uh, oh man, this is probably 1990, I was given Chosen by God by R.C. Sproul. And again, what was profound <clears throat> is not that it just it shifted my theological view back to where it should be after straying away for a while, but it, it, he is a teacher. You know, if you've ever watched him on video or have gone to a Ligonier conference in the past and he's spoken there in days past uh, for many, many decades, uh, he's a teacher by heart. Sure, he's a pastor, but he's a professor. He's a teacher. And his teaching style, uh, the way he, again, organizes material, his humor, his illustration, his passion, his way he can communicate difficult uh, topics like predestination and put them in ways that make sense, uh, really was inspiring to my teaching. And so, again, it's not a classic book on teaching, but it's a classic author who is a teacher that probably shaped uh, as much, like Piper, uh, the way I teach, the way I think about most things. Yeah, that's good, John. And those sound like interesting titles. Like you said, some of them a little bit older, uh, maybe a little bit uh, more difficult to find. And this is kind of putting you on the spot, but is there are there any current titles um, – specifically on teaching, but I guess it doesn't have to be on teaching. It could be maybe a current title that's influenced your teaching similar to Desiring God. Any that are more recent that you can think of? Uh, uh, you know, that's a hard question right now. I, I'm still, you know, reading such a wide array of people that come along. There, there hasn't been, unfortunately, maybe in a disappointing way, there's not as much written uh, on teaching in the Reformed world uh, lately. I, I, I'd say Kevin DeYoung gets as close to anybody who's not only such a good teacher in his material, but is instructive on kind of how to teach, how to teach the Word of God, and uh, which book is that with the... Uh, yeah, Taking God at His yeah, Word. Yeah, Taking God at His Word, thank you. Uh, guys like that are inspiring to me still, um, but I, I, there's not a whole lot... Uh, written, you know, this is for a whole other series on where Christian education is in general uh, in, in Reformed and Presbyterian churches, but in the broader evangelical church. Uh, I think not a lot of attention has been given uh, to, to that lately, so hopefully there's more books to be written out there. Yeah, and like you said, maybe we'll have a, another podcast kind of discussing some questions about that. So, um, anything else to add, John? I think that covers it. All right. Well, thanks again for your time this week. I know um, many will be encouraged and uh, just equipped in their job as youth workers. So thanks again for taking the time out. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to the local youth worker. As always, we hope you've been encouraged and equipped in your call as youth workers. If you take time to rate this podcast on iTunes, it would greatly help us. As always, we want to thank Joe Deegan for providing the music and encourage you to go out and purchase his newest CD, cover and title page, which you can find at iTunes. See you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Oh, come and buy without money.